Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We're so glad you took the time to listen to this message. This is the fifth and final message of our series, Relationship Rehab. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, sit back, relax. Here it is. Uh, Today is an extremely special morning. Uh, We are in the fifth and final part of our series, Relationship Rehab. Come on, somebody. Make some noise if you've been here for any part. Man, it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's sad to see this series go. I think it's been so good. I think it's been so life-changing. Has uh, any of you guys, you feel like you're a little bit stronger in your relationships after this series? Anyone at all has helped a little bit? Come on, let's go. Um, man, as a church, we're just so for relationships. And what we've said in this series, there's just so many different types of relationships, right? Whether you're dating, whether you're married, whether you're single, whether the Lord is your main homeboy. Come on, somebody. Like... All of us at some point are um, we're involved in relationships, and so we're just so for relationships. Um, and so we want to end this series with a bang. Come on, somebody. As you guys can tell, we got a bunch of empty seats up here. And so what that means is that I'm not going to be alone this morning. How many of you guys know life is better with friends? Yeah. Let's go. Uh, so, man, we have so many amazing people in our church, part of our community. We have so many um, amazing people, part of our larger church community. Uh, we just love... Uh, the Engage Network, and uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more, but I'm just super excited for what's going to happen today. And so what we're going to do, we're continuing, we're finishing our theme of relationships, um, but what we're going to do, we started it last week with Christy and myself, um, we're continuing the conversation, but we're going to add in a few more perspectives. Come on, somebody. I love what Proverbs 14 says. Um, In Proverbs 14, it says, where there is no guidance, a people fall, but in the abundance of counselors, there is safety. Come on, man. One of the reasons that uh, we think that you should come to church, other than, you know, the amazing worship and and being fed into, is that um, when you get plugged in, when you get connected, and that's why we're so big on connect cards, we want to hear from you, we want to know you, uh, we think part of being a part of a church community is it affords you to have people that can speak into your life. And uh, I'm just, you know, Christy and I were so thankful we have people that can speak into our lives. Um, some of them are on the panel this morning. And so uh, we just want to share with you guys what's going to happen. And uh, I just want to encourage you guys. Um, we were, I was talking to someone uh, last, a few weeks ago, and they're kind of just saying, yeah, um, you know, I take notes. And someone is sort of poking fun at me for taking notes with my big notepad. Um, I want to encourage you, take notes. Um, I'm, I'm going to say this. The person not taking notes, that's the person you make fun of. Yeah. You want to know why? Because there's so much good stuff, and the chances are, at best, if you just come here and you just listen to it, you're going to remember maybe 2 or 3% of it. But what notes affords you to do, why I want to see you guys grab your big notepads, why I want to see you guys on your phones, not texting, but on the notes app, is because all these guys on the panel are going to share so much goodness this morning. Um, that I just want you guys to, to really just, just be here. Um, let's not just listen this morning. Let's lean in this morning to what's going to happen. So uh, without further ado, you guys ready to get this panel up here? Yeah. Come on, somebody. All right, what we're going to do, DJ in the back, you can spin that beat. I'm going to introduce the panel. And uh, let's see. there we go. Let's go. All right, first up on the panel, you guys met her last week. She's beautiful. She's gorgeous. It's my wife, Christy. Come on, somebody. Let's make some noise. Christy and I have been married for three years. We have two beautiful girls that just happen to be twins. Come on, somebody. And uh, she's going to drop some wisdom. Not with that mic. We'll talk further. 
All right, amazing. Next up, uh, super, super excited to welcome this wonderful lady. She's on our team. Uh, Christy and I, we know her well. We love her so much. And you guys may have seen her. She's taking a bigger role in worship. She's just crushing it. Uh, she's single. She's secure. But listen, if you're a man of God, you never know. Come on, somebody. Let's make some noise for Sarah right here to our left. Let's go. So amazing. All right, next up, uh, I, I talked about the, our larger Engage family. We're part of the Engage network. We're just, you know, I think, I mean, all of us, we're the body of Christ. We're one church, different places. Uh, and so super excited. You guys have probably seen Pastor Seb before. Uh, but we have Pastor Seb and Haley in the house this morning. Let's put our hands together. Seb and Haley been married for two and a half years-ish. Uh, and they just had a brand new baby girl. Come on, somebody. Let's go. It's, ba it's baby season. Uh, now, last but certainly not least, uh, we have a couple. Um, I guess on this panel, they're going to be like our elder statesmen. Don't cut the beat just yet. They need some noise. These guys have been together for 28 years. Married for 22 years and more madly in love than ever. Let's put our hands together for Roger and Heather. Let's go. Let's go. So good. All right. Thank you so much, DJ. Let's, let's give it up for the DJ Jarvis in the come back. On, come on. <laughs> so good. Amazing. We got the whole panel up here. Let's make sure we got our media going. It's recording. We don't want anyone to miss this. Uh, so good, Prince. That was a shot to you. Make sure it's recorded. Uh, amazing. Love you, Prince. Uh, man, we're so excited that you guys could all be here. Thank you so much, panel, for all being here. Uh, we love you guys. Uh, we're going to get started in just a second, but I want to thank all of you guys, first off, in advance for being here. Um, I want to thank you guys for your transparency um, as you guys share with us. Uh, I just believe so wholeheartedly that life change happens through transparency. And uh, so thank you guys for what you're about to share, for being vulnerable, for opening up. And uh, everyone out here, you guys ready for this? Yeah. So good. So good. Okay, so uh, what I want to do, I want to start, this is kind of like introduction, just letting everyone kind of know what's up. Um, but we're going to start with this. Um, this is our first question. I'm kind of asking questions. These guys are going to kind of give us some answers. Uh, our first question, I guess I'll start on our right here with Heather and Roger. Um, if you guys could just give us one word to describe your current season of life right now, what would that word be? Uh, I think that word would be blessed. Oh, blessed. So good. True, truly blessed. Amazing. Heather, is your answer different? Um, I think that's good. Yeah. Blessed. Hashtag blessed. I don't know if I mentioned it, but these guys have two adult children, uh, Sydney and Jordan. Uh, you guys have probably seen Sydney here uh, at times before. So amazing. Um, Chris, right here with you. What's one word to describe your current season of life right now? I'd say expanding. That's good. Always. That's so good. Uh, Sarah, do you have a mic? Oh, there's one back there. I'll grab it for you. Sarah, I'll give you this in a second. What's one word to, okay, Annabelle's got you. What's one word to describe your current season of life as the mic comes? All right, so my word was growth. I had a little bit more on it than just the one word. Yeah, it was basically just, um, I've been through a lot of different 
relationships and relationship seasons in my life, but I haven't experienced anywhere near as much growth as I have this past year, just focusing on being single and focusing on God and allowing him to lead my life rather than trying to control my life. So yeah, growth. So good, so good. Uh, Seb Haley? Um, My word would be stretching. Yeah. Uh, And I'd say growth as well, or I I feel like I'll take all your guys's, you know? Can I have one of each? Blessed growth, all that New, Newness, uh, newness. I don't even know if that's a word, but I'm going to go with it. Newness is my actual word. Amazing. Uh, so good. Um, so let's, uh, let's get right into it. That was just kind of to warm you guys up. Um, we're going to kind of, I mean, we're going to go into flow this morning. We'll kind of see where it takes us, where, where, where things go. But I kind of want to start right now. Let's start with dating. Come on, somebody. Where are my single people at in the church this morning? Where are my, da- where are my, where are my dating people at? You can be dating. Anyone dating? Okay, let's go. We got one honest person. There's too much shame. Oh, so good. Okay, uh, so what we're going to talk about is, let's talk about dating. Um, So let's start with this question. Sarah, I want to start with you. Um, Let's go. This is, come on, nothing. There's no, I I feel like there was a little shame right there with dating. And why why were you guys scared? If you're, yeah, let's go. So good. Um, so with dating, um, I mean, this answer is going to be kind of different in how we word it, um, but for you, Sarah, now in this season of life, how do you determine marriage material? Mm. Okay. That's a really good answer. Yeah. <laughs> so this would have been a super, super hard question for me to answer before because prior to this new season of life, I never really knew who I was outside of God and outside of everything that he has for me. So it would have been a really hard question to answer because when you don't know yourself, you don't know how to determine what it is that you want and what it is that you need. Uh, So I'd have to say that since I've changed my focus and set it on God and allowed him to lead me, marriage material would be someone who is on fire for God, someone who has a mission for God. Um, Like Christian Harrison said last week when they were talking about submission, that can seem like a really scary word, but marriage material would be someone whose mission I could get behind. So, yeah. That's really good. That's so good. Come on. Um, Yeah, you guys can clap for that. I I think I love what she said, right? It's just the essence, like, if you don't know yourself it's going to be really hard to determine what you actually want, yeah. right? So good. Um, okay, as far as the panel here, um, Pastor Seb and Haley over here, you guys are kind of the closest, you know, to that dating phase. Um, so for you guys, and um, really curious too, for, for, for those of you guys who don't know, um, Seb was a pastor while he was dating. Um, and so I just want to know from both of you guys, how did, how did you determine marriage material? Um, for me... I was actually a new Christian when I met Seb. Um, I had been saved a year prior. So up until that point, like, you're not really looking for godly qualities. You're kind of looking for, like, is he hot? Does he have a good job? Um, um, But after I got saved, I don't know, you definitely notice things in relationships between people who have God at the center. So for me, it was really important that somebody loved God more than they loved me because I will never be able to provide Seb with all he needs in his life because 
I'm only me. Um, but God can provide everything he needs. So it was definitely as God number one, and I think it was. I think it was. I hope it was. <laughs> yeah, when we were, when we were dating, uh, I feel like it wasn't that long into our dating relationship. I don't know, maybe like four or five months or something. Uh, I, I sat down and I told Haley, you're never going to be enough for me, uh, which was a real blow. Uh, and, but, but honestly, uh, yeah, putting, putting Jesus first, uh, and, uh, we, we dated for, I think two years almost, or dated and were engaged for two years. Um, and Haley wasn't, she was at a church and she wasn't really serving at the church. And for me, it was so important to see someone who, uh, was putting their words into action, uh, and so someone who was willing to give back to the church and, and to, to serve and to put themselves out there. And, and Haley hadn't had any experience in, in the church, and, and I was going into ministry, so I wanted to make sure that she understood what this looked like. Um, but I think it, it applies to everyone, really. I think that, you know, if you're plugged into a church, you should be serving. And if, if you're pursuing after someone else and they say, yeah, like, I'm a, I'm a Christian or I, you know, I love Jesus, but they don't show up to church unless you know, you're there or they don't serve or they don't do any of these things, I would question what their words actually mean, if their words actually have any backing to them, because that's the most important thing. If Jesus isn't first, I, I wouldn't even want to try this without Jesus, honestly. <laughs> so good. So good. Okay. Uh, Heather, Roger, we're going to bring you guys back a little bit. Um, a little bit. How did you determine marriage material? Um, you could also tell us what you now tell your kids for marriage material, whatever you guys prefer, but the floor is yours. I think for me, well, Roger and I met when we were not Christians, and then um, not long before we got married, became Christians. Uh, but for me, I think with Roger, he was very selfless in his singleness. Uh, he, he volunteered a lot, um, and especially um, with volunteer when he was volunteering it was with big brothers big sisters and I thought wow he he took a Saturday night and he would take this little guy and for years and he sacrificed our time together on a Saturday night or a Friday night and um, I really appreciated that about him and compassion he's just really good with service people I just I saw when we were at a restaurant or a drive-through or he was just always polite. He would ask their name. He would just, he's always kind. He was compassionate with people and love that about him and really great with children. Just loved how he was with kids and oh, that's kind of good marriage material. Yeah. You? I got to meet this guy. <laughs> Roger? Well, I think that if, as it relates to Heather, um, the thing that drew, drew me uh, Initially, obviously, was her smile and her laugh. <laughs> and, um, but but uh, as, as I got to know her more, it was her uh, encouraging nature. that she's, like she, I just saw that she was an encourager. I needed a lot of encouragement uh, at that time in my life. And so um, she, and as I, as I walked through life with her, I, I saw that she was a really good friend to the people that she was friends with. Uh, she was people, she was somebody that people could count on and I knew that I could count on her and, uh, I, and, I, and I knew that I could trust her uh, very early and so trust is another thing. Yeah. yeah, that's really good. Very practical stuff. Um, just, we're gonna, we're gonna swing back to you guys in a second because I want the church to kind of hear a little bit more of your guys' story. Uh, 
Christy and I, we love their story. We love them. Uh, we just love them as Christians, as a couple. And so we're going to swing back in a second. Uh, so hold that thought. Um, but Chris, um, for you, how did you determine marriage material? <laughs> Come on and don't mess up. Had to be good looking. <laughs> um, um, I think I'll talk about before because we're married now, but before I was looking for somebody that was committed. I wanted somebody that was committed in their walk with God, that was committed to serving, that was committed to being refined and refining me. I wanted somebody that was committed to just learning and growing and opening up and just committed. That's like the one word, committed to communication, committed to honesty, committed to everything. That was my one Amazing. Um, so good. So yeah, anyone, I don't know if any of you guys wanted to add anything before we kind of move on from this question. Um, what about you? Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, it's, it's a hard question for me in a sense, and I say this without a word of a lie. I don't know if I've told the church this, but um, the very first time that I spoke with Christy, I don't know what it is, but like I went back um, and I, I went and found my friend and I told him, I said, I'm going to marry this girl. And uh, here we are. So, I mean, there was de definitely qualities that were attractive for her. I think, I, th I think for me, the biggest thing, how I determined, and, and, and maybe I don't even know if I was mature enough to, to really think of this back then, but um, I, I just, I need someone that makes me better, right? And I think Roger kind of said that as well. And, and that's one thing that I always encourage couples, right? Like, if your partner does not make you better, if your partner doesn't challenge you, um, if, if you feel like you're actually worse with that person, um, <laughs> Like, leave, right? Like, it's not, it's not going to get better. Um, like, a ring doesn't change anything, right? Living together, whatever it is. So um, that was, that's really big for me, right? Does this person make you better? Because um, like Roger said, and, you know, all, I think all of us at some point, you know, we know that we need to be refined, right? We know that we have shortcomings. And it's always really scary to me that if you're in a relationship where your partner doesn't feel like they can call you out, doesn't feel like they can, you know, let you know when you stepped out of bounds, when you're wrong. And so I really appreciate that from Chris um, for, for us. But um, kind of to swing back here, um, Heather and Roger, they just told us that they were not Christians when they started dating. And so I kind of want the church to know a little bit of your guys' story, how things sort of shifted when you guys became Christians, um, and just kind of what that looked like. And um, Roger, if you cry, don't worry. <laughs> We'll I've get. got the gene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so just let us know a little bit of that story. Uh, well, just going back to um, pre-marriage, uh, Heather and I had been living together for about five years. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't judge. Don't judge. But um, I, uh, I started work at an office that had a Bible study on Wednesday mornings, and uh, when I was asked if, when, when they put it out to everybody that, that you could come to this Bible study, uh, because it wasn't compulsory, I figured that I guess it's okay to go. And so um, I was 30 years old, and I, I, I was raised Catholic, but here I was 30 years old, going to this Bible study and learning the word and God's truth and his love for me for the first time. And um, after, attending, after attending this Bible study for... A few weeks, I talked to Heather about it, and I asked her if she would want to join me, and she did. 
Um, and then after a few months, uh, we gave our hearts to the Lord in the office uh, with a mentor couple that are still uh, close friends of ours today. And um, we were attending a church on the West End uh, called Weka. And uh, so we were when when we were attending when we started attending this church after uh, uh, Bible study and after uh, giving our hearts to the Lord. Um, uh, Oh right, correct. And so, yeah, and so I, and so at, at one point, at one point in there, um, I I was feeling convicted that uh, our living arrangements were um, not something that uh, God was pleased with or that He would bless. And so um, I I went to my mentor friend and I and I talked to him about it and he and he said that that was exactly it that you know you're you're feeling conviction. And so when I went to Heather with, with that, she, um, she took it as rejection because I said that we should, you know, we should seriously think about taking up separate living arrangements. And uh, so she took it. She Are we took breaking it. up? <laughs> Are we breaking up? Yeah. Um, but when, when she came to understand that what I wanted to do is I wanted to honor her and honor God, yeah. that, um, that she agreed that this is what we should do. And initially, it didn't make sense because financially, we were struggling as a couple living together. And it didn't make sense that we could live apart and, and financially make it work. But because it was God's plan, he, he made a way for us to accomplish this. And um, so we lived apart for about four months while we planned the wedding. And we, and we went back to dating. And so it was uh, dating. It was um, no more <laughs> exactly, which which was challenging. <laughs> challenging, but we um, we persevered, and uh, we knew that come our wedding day, the the blessings that we felt on that day. Uh, we knew that it was God's plan and that he was going to use the, the whole uh, development of that as part of our testimony and that it would bring glory to him. Let's clap our hands. I love that story. Yeah. Um, just to add to that is um, you didn't mention, like, we had to convince our parents that we were living apart or living together and then before marriage, and then they finally got used to the idea, which, and then we had to convince them again that we were, so they thought we were absolutely crazy, because our parents um, were not Christians, but, um, and then going back, I just want to go back to our wedding day, and just that night, our wedding night, not to get into any detail, but just when he carried me over the threshold into our, our hotel room, it was like, wow, like, God really blessed this day. And we literally laughed on the bed, had popping chips, and we were killing ourselves laughing, just thinking, like, he did it. Like, he did it. He helped us through this. And, and uh, yeah, it was just all so worth it. So good. Man, that's awesome. I think that just what, what, what I want to take from that is, like, when we honor the Lord, the Lord will honor us, right? Like, especially in relationships and just knowing these guys, knowing their family and, and their children. Like, we can just honestly say, like, um, 
yeah, just we love you guys. And the fruits of, I think the fruits of what God has done through your relationship is still bearing much fruit, right? And I think a lot of it was like just giving the Lord the relationship back then. And so it's awesome to see now, you know, 20 odd years later. So cool. Um, so we're going to um, kind of continue on the dating train for a second. So um, Seb and Haley, we're going to throw it back to you. Um, what's some advice that you would give to any couples dating, engaged, kind of on that train? Um, advice. I would probably say um, put more boundaries than you think you need. Um, dating is really fun and dating is an amazing time and enjoy every second of it. Um, but like they said, once you kind of pass a threshold, um, it's kind of hard to go back (laughs) and God is the God of forgiveness and yes, he forgives, but, um, I would definitely say put more boundaries up than you think you need because when you like each other, it's, you like each other. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I would say, um... Yeah, kind of along with that. Uh, The physical stuff is the easiest part of a relationship, I would say, for the most part. Uh, You don't really need to figure that out. Um, The things that you do need to figure out are, can you communicate with each other? Uh, What does the person react like when you have a fight or when there's a problem? Are you having any fights or any problems? Because if you're not, like, after a certain amount of time, I think that that might be a little bit of a question mark of, are you asking real questions? Are you like going deep enough? Um, and uh, yeah, I would just say like spend as much time asking as many intentional questions as you possibly can. Uh, there's there's this there's something called the infatuation phase. I'm sure you guys talked about it in the last few weeks. Uh, and and infatuation can last up to two years when you're dating. And and it's kind of like this this period of time where you literally ignore or you oversee all of the negative aspects of someone and you just focus on the positive aspects, it's literally why some of us even are willing to keep on going because you're just like, oh man, I can't get, I couldn't normally get over that, but right now I'm able to. Um, But when when me and Haley started dating, uh, I probably did this a little too intentionally (laughs) and ruined a lot of our dating time, Uh, but I didn't want to have any of that infatuation phase. I wanted to like, get rid of it right off the bat because I wanted to know, is this girl someone who I want to spend the rest of my life with? I don't want to just waste both of our time, waste both of our emotions. And so I asked a lot of really hard questions uh, right off the bat, and we had really hard discussions right off the bat. And uh, sometimes those discussions didn't go very well, but we learned how to communicate even when they didn't go well. Um, When you're dating someone, you come from two cosmic different universes, you might think that you're like right on the same page, but even your upbringing, your family, like every single aspect of your life will affect uh, how you relate to the other person. And so, for example, my family is like hyper communicators, like literally will go over the same thing 50 times uh, and say the same thing over and over again. And Haley's family doesn't communicate. Uh, and so trying to like come to the same page and and you go into it with your view. You go into your relationship with your view. So you think, oh, this person just doesn't want to talk about this, but actually she just 
didn't ever communicate before. That wasn't something she did. So we had to come to the same place. And I had to realize, you know what? I'm like going over this thing way too many times. So I just think like communication and breaking some of those barriers down. When you get married, like the physical stuff you're going to have, uh, but the communication stuff's actually what's going to get you through day to day. And it's going to be what uh, you go to bed. If you go to bed angry because you haven't communicated or you wake up in the morning angry, which didn't just happen to us 24 hours ago. Um, <laughs> But if you can't communicate, you can't get back on the same page, and uh, it's really tough to understand where the where the other person's at. So, so I'd say, good. yeah, yeah. I think, and, and just to kind of add to what to what Seb was saying, I think with infatuation, um, one thing I don't know if you guys, and maybe because I'm watching Love Is Blind, uh, <laughs> pray for us. Um, but one thing I hear, like, couples in that infatuation stage, it's like, oh my gosh, we're so similar, right? Like, we have all the same interests. The reality is, like. You and your partner, you may have some similarities, um, but the essence is this. You are two individuals. You come from two backgrounds, two families, and so at some point, there will be differences, right? And so that's just one thing to be, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I also think that something that can really help with that infatuation phase is having good friends surrounding you. One thing that couples love to do when they first start dating is completely reject the rest of their worlds and make the other person their whole world, their whole universe. Like, oh my goodness, I just love them so much. And like, they're just so great. But if your friends aren't involved in your dating relationship, you are gonna have blind spots that your friends will see and be like, no, that's not good. Or you know what, you're being, for me, this was the case, they're like, you're being a little too harsh. Like she's actually okay in that area. And you're probably okay. So surround yourselves with good friends uh, who can speak wisdom and speak life into your relationship. If your best friend says that the person is probably not good enough for you, I would probably trust them more than I would trust myself. Uh, Because they don't have any vested interest in the other person. They only have vested interest in you. That's so good. And so uh, get people to speak into your life, parents, coworkers, people that you trust, that you love, that, that, um, that know you exactly. So good. Okay, Sarah, I'm going I'm to swing it over to you here. Okay. Um, and this is, I mean, I think we'll get a few more perspectives on this one. But um, what are some deal makers and what are some deal breakers when it comes to relationships? All right, so again, I have to go back to just this this mindset right now where I don't really actually have very much experience when it comes to a Christ-filled life and dating and relationships. So I would just have to say that lately my focus has been all on trying to do what it is that I need to do to put Christ at the center So I'd have to say that a deal breaker 100% would be anyone that would be coming into the picture and into my life that would put a wedge between that commitment that I have towards growing in God. And a deal maker would be someone who would grow that and encourage that and just just make everything better in that entire life aspect. That's so good. Yeah, I think that's just, she's talking about priorities, right? Right? Like, and if, if we know what we prioritize, right? Like, God's first, then we're not going to settle for anything less in a relationship. That's so good. Um, Chris, do you want to? Sure. Um, you talked a little bit about what I would say would be my deal breaker. It would be somebody that wasn't exposing 
myself to a higher standard. Like it would be somebody that didn't challenge me on a day-to-day basis in all aspects of life. With my walk with God, in my career, as a wife, as a mom, as a sister, as a friend, in everything. I always think that you should be exposing yourself to a higher standard. And if my partner, the one that I'm living with, the one that I'm spending the majority of my time with, isn't challenging me in all aspects of my life, refining me, that'd be a deal breaker. A deal maker? You want me down? Let's go. All right. I won't speak hypothetically. I'll speak in my relationship with Harrison. Um, A deal maker was that I always felt chosen and I always felt respected. Literally from the moment me and Harrison met to when we were driving here five minutes or three hours ago, um, I have always felt very chosen by by Harrison. Like I was his first priority in everything. No matter what season, no matter what situation, no matter what conflict, he's always made me his first priority. He never once played games with me or made me unsure or insecure in our relationship, like trying to wonder, like, where are you at? What are your feelings? He was open. And, um, yeah, I always felt chosen. I also always felt respected, which I think is an important thing because I think in today's society, respect is... It's a little bit wishy-washy in relationships. So in our relationship, you know, he would never... We were living in the dorms at that time, so he would always go back to the guy's side and never once was I concerned that he would go, you know, talk about our private conversations with his buddies or never once did he toy with my feelings or never once was he DMing girls on Instagram or liking pictures or just hanging out with females. He was very respectful in his actions and his words. And, you know, it was a deal maker when we first started dating and it was a deal maker when I said yes to engagement and when I said I do in marriage. And to this moment, I can honestly say that that deal maker in his chosen and just respectfulness of me has allowed our marriage to be so much more secure and sacred and protected to this day. Yeah. So good. Um, Deal makers, deal breakers. Does anyone, do you guys have anything you want to add to it? I just think that um, I look back to when her and I met. If you talk about deal breakers, I I had some deal breakers that she should have um, <laughs> adhered to because some of the stuff that um, I she, saw the potential. <laughs> <laughs> some of the stuff that she found out about me very early in our relationship, I fully expected her to walk when I confessed what uh, what kind of trouble I was in, and she stuck around. And so um, uh, I, I'm not saying that there are not no such thing as deal breakers because there are, uh, but. Like she said, she saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. And so whatever it was that I was in trouble with, she, the encourager, um, told me that you got yourself into this, you can get yourself out of it. And she stuck with me. That's so good. Um, Okay. Let's, uh, I want to just give a couple of seconds for singleness a little bit. Um, So I don't know why you guys laugh, but... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Seb how do you stay content while single when slash if you desire to be married where does contentment Uh, yeah I think that contentment means um, just allowing uh, just allowing Jesus uh, to be the center of your your life and um, that 
and, and it's not really just with singleness, it's with, with anything contentment, I guess. You know, if you have a small house, do you always want a bigger house or are you thankful? I think contentment really actually comes down to thankfulness. Um, we live in a generation that I don't think is very thankful. Uh, and, and I don't think that we, we see all of the positives that we have. Um, we live in a generation that has so much anxiety and so much stress and all of these things. And I think it comes back down to thankfulness. Are we thankful for what we have? And are we thankful for where God has put us right now and what he's doing in us right now? Um, if we're thankful in, in that, not just in singleness, but in every aspect of life, uh, I think in singleness, it's easier. And I think you can be content and you can still work towards a, a goal, uh, you know, being content doesn't necessarily mean that I'm not still looking, um, but but that I am okay if I don't find what I'm looking for. Um, and uh, yeah, I would say that's what contentment was for me. That's so good. Um, yeah, I think as well, right? Like there's this, I think you don't have to have an attitude of like, uh, I can't go somewhere else, right? Like, and I think sometimes we pigeonhole ourselves where it's like, no, I'm just, I'm single. I don't need no man, and I'm not, and no one's saying you do need a man, or you do need, you do need a woman, yeah. right? But yeah, I like that point a lot. So, um, Sarah, same question for you. How do you stay content uh, when single, uh, when slash if you desire to be married? So, something that, something that I was thinking about, because I, I, I got to find out what the questions were beforehand. I got to think about this. So... I found that the thing that made the biggest difference for me, because I spent a lot of time being unhappy, single, and feeling like I needed to be in a relationship to be happy, the thing that made the biggest difference and the biggest turnaround for me was when I came back into my Christian lifestyle. Even when I came back into Christian life, I still had that, I still had that feeling like I needed to be with someone. And the thing that made the biggest, biggest difference was when I stopped asking when and why I didn't have what I wanted and started praying for what God wanted from me and where he wanted to lead me. Um, that really was the biggest, that was the biggest turnaround for me. Like if you spend all your time just focusing on, <laughs> focusing on being lonely and this is another thing, um, popular culture is super brainwashing as far as making people feel like they need something more than themselves. Not that I'm saying you only need yourself. Obviously, you need God as well. Like, that made a huge difference for me. But when I was in, in those low seasons, when I stopped listening to popular music and turned on worship music and started trying to just connect myself with God rather than connect myself with this idea in this culture that you're nothing without a relationship and stop comparing yourself to others. Like that was another big thing. Even coming up here today, <laughs> I was like, wow, I'm like the only single person on this panel. This is crazy. You have to stop comparing yourself because if you compare oh, yourself so to good. other people, you start to feel like you're lacking because you don't have what they have. And yeah. that isn't the case. Like since I started, since I started really focusing on asking God what it was that he wanted from me, I, got baptized, mm -hmm. I not only joined the worship team, but started leading worship, and that's Come something on. that I never would have been able to do on my own. Let's go. Anyone who was here when I got baptized would have seen, like, I was shaking uncontrollably when I was reading my speech before I got baptized. And there's just this, 
there's just this strength and determination that you get when you focus on what it is that God wants you to be doing rather than, you know, poor me and why, why don't I have it? So yeah, that would be so good. Thank you so much, Sarah. Yeah. I think kind of like just for me in a nutshell, if I would give anyone advice on, uh, on singleness, if you desire to be married, um, be content in your singleness. Yeah. Um, because here's the reality. You can never trust your stomach when you're hungry. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You know what I'm saying? You guys ever been to Costco before? <laughs> so if we feel, if we, and Sarah hit the nail on the head, if you feel like you're lacking, if you feel like, oh my gosh, I have a hole someone needs to fill, you just, you need a warm body then. You don't care about anything else. It's like, man, I'm just so empty. I'll take whoever. And that's why so many people will settle for something less than because they feel like they need something, right? So that's kind of what I would, you know, give any advice I would give for that. Um, so we're going we're gonna to kind of push forward um, a little bit over time, but you all love this, right? Um, so I'm going to ask this question. Um, kind of moving forward to marriage for a second. Uh, we'll start with Roger and Heather. Um, how do relationships change once you get married? What are some things that you guys have found? Well, for us, we were living together, so we weren't married, but we knew what it was like to live with one another. Um, but it definitely did change um, because for us, our relationship with God was definitely stronger, and we felt like God was covering our marriage completely. Um, but it, I mean, marriage is messy, um, but we, uh, it's not like because you get married, everything is going to just fall into place and it's perfect. Um, but for myself, I felt uh, something that Christy touched on was just, um, just trust. And uh, I had someone there that we can, you know, work this life together. And, um, and God's on top. And we're just going to follow what he has to say. It was just so different um, in regards to just, um, just security. And that I knew that um, he was always there. We were going to work as a team in this, in this marriage. Uh, well, things changed for us early in marriage because we found out that we were pregnant six months into it. And so uh, things changed really fast in that regard. And um, um, I think just from the standpoint of uh, maturing in marriage and realizing, in my case, realizing that, okay, I have to be the provider um, and, uh, and just making some hard, getting to the place where you're making some hard decisions and, uh, and, you know, coming to that realization. Yeah, so good. Um, Haley, Seb, how do relationships change once you get married? I feel like I love marriage. Uh, you see so often... Uh, in popular culture, once again, people are like, just date, don't get married. Like, why would you do that to yourselves? Uh, and most guys would probably be like, yeah, I totally get that. Um, girls are all looking for that security aspect, but guys are, you know. Um, but marriage is just like, it's just like a weight off your shoulders in some ways. Uh, I felt like when we got married, it was just like, that was when life was really starting. We could dream together. Uh, we could plan together. We didn't have to like worry about like, you know, is this going to work? What's going to happen? Like, it's just like we could talk about everything and, and just kind of like get on the same path. Um, so yeah, I, I, I loved, I loved getting married. I love being married. Um, people probably think we're still in our honeymoon phase or something, but we're not. <laughs> um, yeah, I think in Christian culture, 
there's like a big pressure to get married. Mm. Like if you're dating, are you dating this person to marry them? Or are you dating them? Because if you're not dating them to marry them, break up. And I think like even for us, for Seb, he put that pressure on super early and it kind of, I don't, yeah. And it's like <laughs> date to have fun. And then when you get engaged, it's like, okay, like no more pressure. Like this thing is happening. Um, and when you get married, it's like, just enjoy your time. Like, this is the person you're spending the rest of your life with. It's not always going to be easy. It's not, it's going to get messy, but like you're committed to each other and you're committed to God. Um, so just continue to like, just continue to put God first, walk with him. Um, yeah. The only thing I would say that really changes, like your patience will get much less (laughs) when you get married. (laughs) You're like, oh, I had so much patience for this thing that he did before, but now no. But like, that's all. Yeah, I, I think that when you're mar- like when you're dating, you're like at any point you can be like, you know what? I don't like where this is going. Peace out. When you're married, like that's forever, uh, and so you're forced to have those hard discussions or just live miserably. Uh, so yeah, when you get married, it's like you're in it. There isn't there isn't another option. Uh, there actually isn't another option in in our relationship. Marriage is the only option, uh, and figuring out our problems is the only option. And so uh, there is such a security in that that you know, that I know she has to deal with this problem or I have to deal with this problem because there's no other solution to this. So that actually Seb said, right, um, when we, before we got married, he said, we do not even bring up the word divorce. Like in any conversation, that is a word we will never bring up. Um, So I would just encourage you, if you're dating, like I came from divorced parents, so like to me growing up, I was like, oh, there's always a way out. But now I understand that there's not. Um, But I will say marriage is amazing and like I feel like I'm the best me I am because I have been refined (laughs) greatly. Thank you guys. Okay, Um, we're just gonna do two more questions and I'm gonna wrap this thing up. so kind of, we'll just say this, um, and, and, and understand, we understand that um, in our church, obviously, we have many different relationships, um, people coming from backgrounds, right? We've got lots of people, um, you know, second marriages, single, uh, divorced, kind of whatever it is. And so uh, we just want you guys to know, we're just giving some, some practical advice for you guys, right? Mm-hmm. And so this next question, like, I don't want anyone to feel bad um, as I say it, but I think whatever stage you're in... Um, take this advice too hard, right, no matter what, even if things maybe didn't go how you thought they would go, but, um, so whatever it is, um, our next question, I'm gonna ask Heather and Roger, um, this one, is what are some keys to longevity, as you guys have been married the longest on this panel? Uh, for us, I think in the beginning stages when the kids were little, um, it was tough, uh, so we really wanted to get on our date nights, so we, I have had a really nice, uh, really good friends that had um, couple, uh, kids that are our kids' age. So we did date nights, so we would exchange. So um, once a month, we'd definitely get on a date, and we would watch their kids, and then vice versa, they would watch ours. So date dating is good. Get back to dating, and it doesn't have to be expensive. Uh, go to a movie, go for a walk. Um, dinner and then later in our marriage it was uh we it was weekends away and just getting time together and we did a lot of marriage courses conferences um which are a little bit more expensive but 
we've, we try to do one every couple of years, and it doesn't mean that you're in trouble. It's just, it's like you're maintenancing your vehicle. You're going to maintenance your marriage. Um, and we just, we love them. They're fun. And when you go to a conference, it doesn't mean you're standing up here and telling them your dirty laundry. You're, you're together. It's private. They make it so easy, and they make it so, um, so fun. And then you can, you know, make that marriage stronger. She said most of it, but I think it's just that <clears throat> being intentional about working on your marriage because we, we ha- it, 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 is, it, is, it is work to keep it good. And um, one, one of the things that Heather and I were so glad to discover was each other's love language mm-hmm. um, because it was one thing to, to be intentional and to say, I, I need to love my spouse, but to find out how each other needs to be loved yeah. uh, really was pretty transforming for us to discover what those primary love languages were. Yeah. As an example, um, Heather's primary love language is words of affirmation, and my primary is touch. Mm-hmm. So it works hand in hand where if yeah. I compliment my wife, she comes and she touches me. <laughs> so, so we, <laughs> so, so yeah, so, so, so if you guys don't know love languages, uh, discover them. Uh, there's a book, The Five Love Languages. Get it, read yeah. it, know it. And um, yeah, so be, being intentional. And just going back to the, I love that book. I get it. I try and get it, uh, that book to any wedding I go to. It's a great gift. Because um, I remember the one time that we were dating and he was away and I was borrowing his vehicle and I, it was Valentine's Day and I put all these Valentines in his car and chocolates and all these little hearts and and he picked up his car and went home, and I'm like, I, I can't wait to hear from him. He's probably going to call me and thank me, and, and I don't hear anything. And it's like, what did I do? And so I call him the next day. I'm like, so how was your trip? Good. Did you see your car? Yeah, thanks for parking it where it was supposed to be. I'm like, but didn't you see all the little hearts and stuff? And he just said, oh, yeah, thanks. And it took me years. I thought he, he loved gifts. I wanted to give him gifts. Yeah. And it was not, not his love language. Yeah, so know them. Know the yeah. love language. Uh, I'll touch on two things that I think um, allow longevity of a relationship. And I'll talk in our relationship specifically. Um, the first one I want to touch on is intimacy. And then the second one is accountability. So Um, intimacy, not talking about sex. We've talked about that enough in the past two weekends. I want to touch on a different type of intimacy, that closeness, that togetherness, that, um, that description that the Bible says when two become one. I've personally experienced and truly believe that true intimacy can only come with true transparency. So that's when you're in a committed relationship, when you're, in, when you're married, that's laying every single thing out on the table. There are no secrets because, you know, secrets are only secrets for so long. And when they come out, not freely and openly from your spouse, there's a lot of betrayal. So just that true transparency. You know, even just with Harrison and I, laying everything out on the table you know, what, what are our battles? What are our victories? What are our hurts? What's our past relationships like? Um, just talking about everything because dishonesty in a, in a marriage is not just lying when asked. It's not being open with your spouse. It's not putting everything on the table. And anything hidden in the marriage is unhealthy. So just laying everything out on the table. And, you know, those conversations there, 
super awkward to bring up and they're uncomfortable to have. And in your mind, um, your flesh tells you just to not say anything, not bring it up. You know, I don't want to hurt that person. It's better just to keep it to myself. But those intimate conversations, um, they allow more intimacy into a relationship than sex and getting naked ever could, you know? And so, yeah, I just encourage true transparency in every relationship. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about accountability? Sure. Okay. Yeah, I think that, and there's actually biblical evidence to what Christy says, right? It says Jesus yeah. says one day all that was um, in secret will one day come to light, yeah. right? Like it's, it's going to come out one day. And so I would just encourage you, like I think that, you know, shame um, keeps us, you know, tried to hide parts of ourselves. Yeah. Um, and this is like that, with that infatuation thing, right? It's like, well, I don't want them to see me as less than, right, or whatever it is. And so um, accountability is so big. Seb talked about friendship when you're dating, mm-hmm. right? Um, if you're dating, be accountable to someone because um, if it's just you guys and no one else knows what's going on, right, like that's boundaries are going to be blurred very fast, yeah. right? But it's so amazing to have people that you're accountable to, people that can, and I'm just so thankful in my life, right? I had people, have people um, that have been able to speak in, and we can speak back, and right, we tell each other we're dumb sometimes, right? And like, you shouldn't have done that, but um, yeah, accountability is so huge, and I just believe this to be true within a marriage. Um, your main accountability partner needs to be your spouse, yeah right? You don't need to, ha- you can have other accountability partners, but your main one needs to be your spouse, right? And that's just this whole thing about keeping things transparent. Um, and yeah, I feel like you're gearing up to say something here. Keep going. Um, go, I go, you go. I, yeah, you can go. I, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm just going to add on the actual word accountable is like account and table. So literally laying ev- all of your accounts on the table. Wow. You know, uh, is this on? Yeah. Um, We just had to, in Harrison and I's relationship, you know, we've recognized that our relationship is 100% our responsibility. We are the cause and we are the solution to everything. So, you know, sitting down with your spouse and being open, saying, you know, this is what my past hold. Because we need to recognize that we all have these single people issues and if they're not solved or dealt with before you enter into marriage, yeah. they become the relationship on, issue. It's yeah, no longer a single person issue. So if you're not open, that, um, just like Harrison spoke about, that shame and that guilt that's kind of eating inside of you, it's going to cast a shadow over your relationship until it's brought into light. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just saying, okay, like, these are my convictions, these are my values, and this is my commitment, this is my behavior, where's the gap in between it? Because if you're saying something, but your actions aren't lining up, you know, if I'm saying, like, let's keep our marriage sacred, but then I go and talk to 10 other male friends about my issues with Harrison, there's a gap in that, those words and those actions, right? So sitting down, what's our strategy? Let's put a strategy into into place so that we can succeed in this marriage, because it's you and I in everything. We win together in our victories, and we lose together in our battles. Yeah, that's so good. Seven Haley, I'll give you guys in a second um, to kind of wrap this thing up with longevity um, if you want to add anything. Uh, yeah, just, I guess, super practical, right? No secrets. Um, not, nothing hidden on your phone, right? Like text messages, um, your internet, your Instagram, whatever. Nothing is your own, yeah. right? I'm not saying you have to have a joint Instagram account, but um, nothing is your own, mm-hmm. right? It's just being transparent with that. And Christy yeah. has access to all my stuff. She has access to all my internet history, everything. Yeah. Um, and that's just, we put parameters in place, yeah. right? Because we're not perfect, um, and we all have, you know, stuff. And so that's just 
super, super practical for all of us. I'd encourage you guys to do that. Um, and like Christy said, um, I just love that definition, right? Accountability is not someone asking you, it's you telling. Yeah. Right? That's what true accountability is. Yeah. So um, that's for us one key to longevity. I don't know if you guys wanted to add anything. Um, yeah, I think we all have this, like, perfect image of what our marriage is going to be. Um, and just kind of, like, what am I trying to say here? I think realizing that we're imp two imperfect people coming together um, and things are going to get hard and things are going to get tough. And just because you have a blowout or an argument and you're both crying doesn't mean it's the end. Yeah. And if you've had issues in past relationships, like, like we are all imperfect just because we're pastors up here and we're, we have a long marriage or like we all have our stuff and we all have our issues. Um, but like they said, going to your spouse first is really tough because you like, that is a, your person and telling them like, Hey, I messed up or Hey, I did this. That's really hard. Um, but like, like they said, I would encourage you to do that. And I don't know. Marriage is fun. Marriage doesn't have to be this big, you don't have to put pressure on it every day. Enjoy your life. Walk with God. Have fun times together. Have hard times together. Cry together. Laugh together. Yeah. Um, and whatever season you're in, enjoy it. Enjoy that season. And if you have put God first and if you're praying for certain things, God answers prayers, but sometimes he doesn't answer prayers like we think he should answer them or when he should answer them. Um, so just all those things. Yeah, and I think going right along with that, um, just grace like, yeah. mm -hmm. if we don't have grace for each other, this thing, it doesn't work. Um, and you think you're the, at the end of your grace, and then your spouse gives you so much more grace than you would have ever given them. I think it's like outgrace each other, you know? It's like, <laughs> literally, yeah. like, I, I just think that grace is like the great equalizer. And, and I mean, Jesus was amazing because he spoke with... 100% uh, love, and, or 100% truth, and 100% grace, and I think that's what a marriage needs to be. We need to be truthful with each other. We need to be spurring each other on, but then we need to provide grace um, as the balancing kind of act with that. You know, if, if I say, Haley, you need to work on this thing, and she messes up 100 times, well, is there enough grace? Do I have enough grace to let her fail 100 times? Uh, and, and do I have enough truth to, to give her a little prod, you know, when she needs more? Or does she do the same for me? So I think yeah, I just think truth and grace are so important. Uh, Paul compares the husband's relationship with the wife uh, to Jesus' relationship with the church. And we all know as a church uh, that we struggle. We're people. We have problems. We have issues. We're always going to have issues. Um, but Jesus has enough grace for you, and he has truth for you, and he has conviction for you. Uh, and so I want to have the same uh, for my wife and her to have the same for me. And, um, and the other thing I think too is, and this is just very recent, uh, but we just had our first baby. You guys just had two babies. Um, I think making sure that your priorities are in order, uh, it doesn't go babies first and then your marriage. Uh, you're going to be the best parents out of a strong marriage. Yeah, you're going to, as you come together. And so um, just like when you're on an airplane, it says, put the oxygen mask on yourself first before giving it to your child. It seems so opposite. It's so opposite of what most people would, yeah. would want to do. Uh, but if our marriage is healthy, then our child will be healthy as long as we're working on that together. And so um, our priority scheme is always Jesus, 
marriage, and then right there is the church as well, underneath it a little bit, and then um, marriage and family, I guess, and then the church is there right beside it. And so I just think, you know, put Jesus first, uh, and then put each other put each other first as well so thank you guys and thank you guys all for your grace as we've gone over time two weeks in a row uh we love you but we're just this is our last thing for relationships and so uh, we think they're so important so we appreciate you guys uh, being here with us um and you guys are gonna appreciate this last answer this last question sarah's gonna wrap us up um kind of as we close relationship rehab um and so the question that we're gonna ask is like what is some advice that you would give to single people. I actually forgot that there was another question. I was like, oh, what's my answer for this one? Um, so what I have down is that your status doesn't define you. That's got to be probably the main thing as far as advice is concerned. I kind of touched on also not comparing yourselves to comparing yourself to other people and other people's relationships in the last question. But yeah, the main thing in, as far as advice is concerned is just to not focus on the status in comparison to other people. So yeah, sorry, I've got a bunch of stuff down here. So God is really, God is intentional with his plan for our lives and being single, like if you're in that single season of your life, it isn't it isn't an oversight on God's on God's side. It's exactly where you're supposed to be. It's where you're meant to be in that season. So I would say you just have to trust that God has a plan. God knows exactly what you need in the moment that you're in, and you have to just have faith and trust that there's something that He has planned for that particular season of your life. Just like I said, with the, with the baptism and the, and the uh, you know, getting to be a part of worship, was, which is just like mind blowing for me. It's incredible, I love it so much. I don't think that that would be a place that I was in if I, if, if I allowed myself to be drawn into another relationship that potentially probably would have just been bad for me when I'm meant to be in this season, so. That is so good. Um, amazing. Um, I'm going to share this verse to close this series. First Peter chapter 5. Um, it says this. It says, And now a word to you who are elders in the churches. I too am an elder and a witness to the suffering of Christ, and I too will share in his glory when he is revealed to the whole world. As a fellow elder, I appeal to you, Care for the flock that God has entrusted you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Now, here's the thing. Like, you may say, like, I'm not an elder in the church. Um, this is how I want to say as we wrap up this series when it comes to relationships. Um, all of you guys here, you have something to offer. This panel here, we're not like, some glowing people or whatever, right? Like I know that we have many amazing marriages in our church. We have many amazing dating couples. We have many amazing single people in our church. But what I want to say as a church, as we close this series, because relationships are so important, I want to encourage you guys, find someone, find a couple, find a person, whatever it is, in whatever season you're striving to get to, lean into those people Ask them questions, learn from them. If you're single, find someone else who is single and secure. They can speak into you. Let Sarah speak into you. If you're just newly married, let Roger and Heather speak into you. Man, let Leon and Lisa. Just, there's so many people in our church that we just, they have wisdom to share. And so um, as a church, we share it 
willingly, yeah. right? And so that's kind of what I want to say. Thank you guys so much. Let's just stand uh, as a church. We're going to close in prayer. God, thank you so much uh, for these people here. Thank you so much, Lord, for relationships and, and for most of all, the relationship that you have formed with us, God. Everything we do outflows from that. Uh, we love you so much. And God, I just pray a blessing over every single person in this church, every relationship. Uh, we love you so much, Jesus. And uh, we pray these things in your name. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. Come on. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to that message. We hope that you are encouraged and inspired. If you want more information, if you'd like to visit us in person, head over to our website, kingdomchurch.ca, and plan your visit today. We can't wait to meet you. Until next time, take care.